this is going to be great. It's going to be fantastic. Or as the Germans say, fantastic. It sounds like it's partially fantastic. Like fantastic. <laughs> as opposed to it's weird language. Okay, here we go. Dong Earthlets. Whoa! Yeah, my name is Conrad, alongside my friend Fox, and this is the 108th episode of Space Spinner 2000, the podcast where two Americans try to make sense of the UK's own galaxy's greatest comic 2000 AD, one month of progs at a time. But this week, this episode, oh, we've finished 1983 in our prog it's timeline. Dunzo. So it's we're gone. gonna, yeah, let's take this episode to do a retrospective on the year in Thrill Power, buddy. Sounds. Uh, really great. I'm going to tell you right now, I love spinnies. I love the spinnies. I like wearing this golden tuxedo. You guys are doing great. Not going to fire ya. Yeah. Whoa. I don't know. Uh, let's, <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's talk about the previous year. To help that conversation, of course, we always do our award ceremony, the spinnies. Oh, the balloons, the streamers, the wonderful golden carpet, and of course, the illustrious Golden Frisbee. Conrad, who is going to win? Who is going to lose? But all of us, truly in our hearts, are winners. Yeah, we're all winners because we get the thrill power, buddy. That's what uh, I'm talking about. <laughs> powered by thrills now. Yeah. It's the uh, same thing. We got, as always, we got this. We got these categories. They're as loosely defined as possible, so it could be for a whole year. Could just be for like a page or even like a panel or something if it really sticks out to you. And with that, let's get to the awards. Ooh, which one do we got first, Conrad? Starting with award one, best art. <laughs> so, Fox, what was your favorite art of 1983? Oh, man. All right. So for each of these categories, buddy, I've got one runner-up because I had to contain myself because this yeah. year has been so fucking amazing. So here's the deal. First runner-up, Nemesis the God Darn Gosh Darn Warlock. Yeah. And I, so, like, for my little spiel, I, I wrote so much for these this time around. So it's like, can anything really and truly beat Kev O'Neill. And it's perhaps Bellardinelli and Carlos Escara, but the thing is, is like O'Neill comes out uh, to play with the world of Nem when he comes out to play with the world of Nemesis, he, he just like does not fuck around at all. <laughs> um, every single shot has details that can absolutely be missed. Uh, and when you, uh, when you go about inspecting the actual art itself, uh, it is both beautiful and horrifying. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, like, the man has clearly stared into the abyss and brought back the most unholy of knowledge and <laughs> illustrates it on a fucking page. It's insane, and I'm so glad to see it was back, even if it's just a brief stint in the uh, in the last half of the year, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say, as opposed to, like, Bellard... Sorry, just to interrupt you a second. No, no. As opposed to Bellardinelli or uh, Escara, who are sort of sprinters... Um, O'Neill is like a, or, or who are marathon guys. O'Neill is like a sprinter. Like he kind of comes out, he leaves it all on the field and he does it very quickly. But in that time, he ends up being the fastest person alive. You know, it's like the U Usain Bolt of, um, of, uh, 2080 artists. Absolutely correct. <laughs> it's beautiful to behold and confusing to understand, but my God, it's all there. 
illuminated before your eyes in an unholy text mm-hmm. that can only be called metal. Indeed. Um, so, man, best art buddy uh, for me is just a clear fucking victor, and that goes straight to Skiz. Mm. Um, the the thing about uh, like this entire the entirety of Skiz is that um, while it's not like the the striking ferocity of an acid-induced body horror like <laughs> Nemesis. Yeah. Right. Skiz captures uh, whimsy, reality, and emotion, not just through how it's written, but how it, like the the actual pages give way to the art. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Skiz is like for me. It's like uh, now the quintessential comics comic, right? Like if you want to make a comic, this is the this is the comic to kind of look at and say, wow. like, man, how did they really capture these uh, these things, right? So it's it's something that um, you understand when you see it very thoroughly what's going on. But these illustrations, man, they made me feel. Uh, especially with what was being described alongside. Like, I can read Skiz uh, text uh, and without this this art to kind of carry it through and give you this uh, emotional impact just from the characters' faces, from mm-hmm. how they uh, embrace each other or, or the posture of people is incredibly important. Mm-hmm. Um, like, sometimes I just had to linger on a page out of awe because you can really feel the weight of the scene or, or of a particular character. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, to me, it's just so, it's so striking the emotion that, that like was drawn out of me uh, in a comic that you could have argued was a ripoff of E.T., right? Yeah. Uh, that's not a good argument, I must say. No, but, yeah, it's no. like, the, it's I, the I know weakest, what you mean. <laughs> it's the weakest <laughs> argument on the planet, but like on first blush, that's what someone would come yeah, out the gate definitely. saying. Definitely. Yeah. If you just, yeah, yeah. Without experiencing it, I, it's, it's, it's fine for sure. So how about you, Conrad? Give me your best arts. Oh man. Um, so as always, I have two runner ups and a winner. Um, my first runner-up is the trio of Angie Kincaid, Mick McMahon, and Massimo Bellardinelli for Slain. Oh, um, beautiful. Which is really just burst out of the gate, you know, this story that's way different from any other 2008 story just because of its sort of sword and sorcery nature. Um to really just be like a barn burner and just have this really awesome stuff. Uh, Mick McMahon is drawing like he's never, you know, in a way that's really different from ways that he's drawn before, but it's instantly recognizable and looks like nothing else in the, in the comics in a good way. Um, yes. I love Bella Ardinelli just sort of, you know, doing the work, the, uh, the, the heavy lifting for Slane for a lot of this stuff. <laughs> but like, you know, I mean, while I don't know if it's his best stuff, I really love how he draws warped Slane. I thought yes. the sequence in the Wicker Man and stuff was really amazing. Ooh. Um, and just how all those fight scenes looked and like how he draws like Lord Slaufeg all gross and stuff. Um, you know, combined with like beautiful, um, Celtic warrior ladies and stuff. It's all just great art. Um, I loved Angie Kincaid's opening for Slain. Um, and just sort of do, you know, doing this stuff to sort of establish so much of the art of this character's world and stuff. And, um, I thought she did a really good job on the, on these comp, on, you know, on her prog as well. Well, and, and it's the, it's the history of it that you explained to me. It's adorable. 
Well, it's like it's just yeah, it's just sort of this husband wife team just sort of trying to put like you know Pat Mills's um, ridiculous obsession with Celtic myths on the page. <laughs> Not ridiculous in that it's bad, but ridiculous in that it is extensive. That's what I want to yes. say. <laughs> um, my my first runner up, uh, I'm going to say Nemesis as well, just for the same thing you you talked about of um, you know Kev O'Neill just showing up and blasting out like you know 15 page 15 progs of just um you know like four pages of prog of just masterful like insane mind-bending art you know i always i said this from the first nemesis story that um just especially the art of nemesis just for me sets my imagination on fire it makes me start thinking about new things it makes me start imagining cool stuff um, and it's just really great and really like really speaks to me as a reader, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Man, I can't agree more with that assessment. <laughs> and my winner is, I'm going to agree with you again, is uh, Jim Bakey for Skiz, man. Um, you know, as opposed to these other two that I've, I, I've put up, you know, Skiz is way more domestic, right? It's way more of like Roxy at home or at the, or at a pool hall or at a military base or something. There's little pieces of sci-fi, like when Skiz is aboard a ship or when he like dreams of his home planet and stuff. But so much of it is just the character stuff. It's just, um, you know, characters existing and interacting with each other, like you said. And, you know, with this story that is so character driven, um, having Bakey's just ability to draw like emotion and people's faces and stuff is really great. You know, there's so many. There's a couple great, like, just moments where you just have close-ups of Roxy being sad. Like, the other when her father hits her that time right at the end where she's, like, crying as Cornelius attacks um, the troops and stuff. And she's, like, she's got the mascara coming down her eyes and things um, that are real affecting and real, like, magical almost. Or just real, you know, real great um, story things that couldn't have been done otherwise and really just makes this a masterful um, story from the art from, from, from an art perspective for that's sure really there's a really beautiful way to put all of that man hey doing my best you know but yeah real good but uh so let's go to our next category uh award two best story fox what's your best like writing or story of in uh in in <sighs> rules this year in 1983 there's a lot of good choices for sure uh so my my runner-up man goes to the writing team on harry 20 Ooh, Jerry Finley. Iraq. Jerry Finley Day, all right. Dude, they uh, fucking eat your heart out, man. Like, here's the thing. If there's uh, one thing that I just respect completely from an action comic, it's knowing exactly what the hell it is. Like, <laughs> Harry 20 on the High Rock cuts, and we've said this before, it just cuts away all fat. It is 100% lean muscle. Uh, there's, there's no, like, last time on the high rock bullshit, right? Like, it's right. just um, it's just the next step of how the hell do we get off this uh, goddamn space prison. Um, all, all the way up until a point where you reach a twist that was awesome and horrifying. <laughs> and, uh, and just the going slowly into or uh, very quickly into the uprising which was absolutely perfect and the ending was exactly that it ends Mm -hmm. and um we want to know more but there isn't any more and it's so perfectly self-contained i don't understand why this was never a fucking movie ah 
I love Harry 20. I love all of the characters. I love, like, everybody is, is in effect a caricature, but mm-hmm. it's so fast-paced that you're not really looking for holes, right? Like, right. I don't know. It, it just, it's a breakneck speed. I wish it was still here. I'm glad it's not. It's, uh, <laughs> it's one of these things that I hope people remember. And it sounds like it's a, it's just a huge favorite within the community itself. It's definitely a lot of fun for sure. So, so what's your winner, Fox? Dude, I don't know if I can really uh, say all that much after this massive speech you just gave. I mean, it's going <laughs> to skits. All right. So, so, the best thing I can say is it's just superior characters. It's mm-hmm. uh, great pacing. Captivating as all hell. Everyone, and I mean everyone, feels completely relatable or detestable in some cases, right? right. Like, I, uh, I just, the way that they introduce Skiz alone, right? Within the first, I want to say, two or three progs. Mm-hmm. Um, you get a real sense of this rich history that's not explained, and you mm. you don't really need the explanation around it. Um, you get introduced very quickly to Roxy, who has some boy screaming troubles, right? right. And <clears throat> instead of being what we generally see out of like female characters, at least in the past, certainly not recently, with the likes of you know uh, Hershey as an example, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's she, Roxy just becomes such a strong character. And one in which is not necessarily a vessel for the reader, right? Mm, interesting. She is her. She is her own character. You're not experiencing all of this through her. You're experiencing it with her and through her perspective. The winks and the nods uh, that she gives to just like, yeah, I know sci-fi, right? Like, and this sci-fi thing is happening. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, everything about those two is what really drove me through this entire comic. Like, there are you know, characters on the peripheries, uh, which I'm sure we'll talk about uh, a little bit later in the same podcast. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just, it's a truly fantastic story that, uh, yeah, like made me feel things, which is very rare. Other than feeling awesome. Like, yeah, that fucking helicopter blew up because a guy shot it with a shotgun. Yeah, Whatever, course. right? Like, I <laughs> feel awesome, but like very rarely does does a a relationship really express itself um, mm. in these pages. And, yeah. and this was a beautiful one. So yeah, that's my best. All right. Uh, for me, yeah. So like for my runner-ups, I'm going to, for my first, for, for sorry, for my second runner-up, I'm going to agree with you. And actually I should correct myself. Um, yeah. I, for, I've got uh, the uh, ha- uh, Harry 20 on the high rock. And I should say that that is a writer team. Like in, in Thrill Power Overload, they, they talk a lot about how, um, well, Jerry Finley Day did the initial scripts. They were cleaned up quite a bit by Alan Davis, who like mm. pushed for almost like a co-writer credit on that um, for that oh, comic. Wow. He said because he said a lot of them came in very rough and needed a lot of work, which is an interesting thing. Um, but I don't know how you know I can't give it one way or another. But yeah, no, I, I really agree with you about Harry Twenty. Um, just this taut story that really kind of knows how it's going to go has this ridiculous, you know, the, the Ben 90 twist remains like to me, one of the re- craziest twists of all time. Um, just in like a what, what's going on? Um, kind so of thing. Wonderful. 
Um, and then it's the rest of the story, just like, you know, everybody being just a huge archetype, you know, even, um, even like Warden Worldwise being so, oh, man. like caricaturefully evil, you know, yes. or everybody being just a different ethnic stereotype or something like that to the point where it's just like, well, I guess we're just like, everybody's just exactly what there's, what they think they are, you know, <laughs> or whatever. Absolutely um, fantastic. But yeah, I thought that was a really fun story. The writing for it was really amazing. Um, my second runner-up, I'm going to say Pat Mills for Nemesis, buddy. Um, oh, hell yeah. Always a big Nemesis fan. There's so much, um, you know, the art grabs you for Nemesis, of course, like I said. Um, but there's also a ton of, 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 of writing and Nemesis, of giving background, of setting the scene for things, of, uh, you know, of, I mean, it's obviously Mills's words that are sort of helping to form this world that O'Neill is, uh, is, is giving life to, you know, just mm. his decisions to make this story be, have parts of warlock politics and family, <laughs> um, you know, the internecine wars between the different parts of, um, of the, te- of the termite empire, um, Pat, Pat Mills's continued will to make 2000 AD have a shared universe is all always appreciated oh yeah <laughs> all this stuff <laughs> is um is so great and such and you know the writing puts you there as much as the art does and is really fantastic um and for best story yeah man i'm gonna say skiz dude skiz real good um, how can it not right <laughs> i mean just like with the art you know so much of skiz is again um yeah like the characters and the emotions i'm gonna sort of like the thing about roxy as an audience surrogate is the thing to remember is that i think like except for the fact that she's a girl she's a character that's the most like 2080s reader base at this time right Mm. kids in high school or like junior high in england you know (laughs) like in 1983 like roxy's more like that than a thousand times more like the the person that is holding 2000 ad in their hands in 1983 then that's an interesting idea. Bill Savage is than Judge Dredd is or anything like that, mm-hmm. you know. So it makes it it's an interesting way to get in there. Um, you know, Roxy really the best female character ever in 2080, at least up until this point, like for yes. sure. Like I love Judge Hershey, I love Judge Anderson, but those characters could just be male judges if they want if you wanted them to be, you know? Yes. Um, absolutely agree. Like, Roxy is specifically a female character, just the way she interacts with Skiz, um, the way she interacts with her surroundings, how she experiences school and things like that. They're all very, like, an attempt at writing, yeah, this, like, yeah, a female character in 2080, which is so amazing. And honestly, like, kind of bold, just because, again, we know who's reading these stories, and just generally the idea of making a story about a girl having emotions in 2080 is like um is again yeah like i don't want to say keep saying the same word but it's a bold stance it's a it's an interesting yes. way to take this story in 1983 where and it's you one know, that clearly pays off yeah oh yeah absolutely but i mean it's one of those things where like i could see it being a hard sell when you're sort mm. of pitching it at like the end of 1982 or something like that sure so 
Um, I think it was a really like bold step, and I think it does sort of chart a new course for 2000 AD that's going to pay dividends to this day, basically. <laughs> this is sort of the first of that, and I think it's a really important uh, chapter in 2000 AD's history, you know? Like, you don't get Halo Jones without Skiz, I don't think. But, like, it's a way to have a story that's got science fiction stuff, but also has, like, feelings and emotions and be about things that's not just blowing shit up, you know? And, uh, yeah. and so... Oh, but also, I want to say, because that's more of a, a thrill for Skiz, but the writing for Skiz is really good, too, just because every, like, you know, Skiz is so much the story, is so much three stories at once, right? It's like Skiz, mm-hmm. it's Roxy, and then it's like Laws and Cornelius, right? And the way in individual progs that more transitions from one of the stories to the other story and back and stuff is masterful. There's so much of the like, you know, like little things that link the two sections of the story to each other so that it flows through in a straight line, despite it being these different characters and different situations that works so fantastically and really just makes this whole thing just one steady um story that's really great i think you said it best in our last episode which is sometimes you don't need to have a point but sometimes you really do i mean it's nice when you do you know yeah i I mean this is what happens right absolutely all right so here we go i think the handwriting's on the wall for this one (laughs) but uh (laughs) award three Best overall thrill. Fox, what's your top thrill for 1983? So I don't have any specific runner-ups for this category, but I did want to do some some year call-outs, right? So mm-hmm. Judge Dredd, as ever, Heartbeat Comic, which has only been progressively better um, as the years have rolled on. Uh, it will always, and should always, get a nod of appreciation for its continued service to our freedom from boredom. <laughs> um Harry 20, fantastic. And uh, I think, as you've mentioned in, in a really well, just slain out the goddamn gate um, mm-hmm. would be so close to the top spot, if not for Skiz and Harry 20. Right. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about Skiz, which is, oh, dude, that's definitely my fucking yeah. best overall thrill. So just fucking Listen, forever. Man. Like, beautiful art, captivating uh, stills, um, characters that, uh, quite frankly, have a superior amount of depth compared to a great deal of the 2080 cast, and that's all inclusive, right? Mm-hmm. Like, from even, even from uh, Van Owen. Right, like he is just the pit of definitely one hundred percent evil, um, mm-hmm. by way of of being a twisted protector. Right, mm-hmm. um, Roxanne is both uh, gentle and strong as a character, and is the strongest character in all of this, despite her two cohorts, which. To be perfectly honest, I fucking love Cornelius and Laws, but just because <laughs> you have physical strength or social strength doesn't mean that you're the strongest fucking character because compassion is what it's all about. And that mm. really shines through on this. It's just this story is off the heels of E.T. and and it hits the ground, or sorry, it grounds itself like almost immediately as something completely different, arguably, in my mind, more human than E.T., um, referential to its own genre, and it ends with such a spectacular finish that, god 
damn it, Conrad, if you don't cry, you're probably not a real person and you're probably not even a goddamn robot. Like, <laughs> really, I, I have I have very little respect for someone who, who comes out of this and just says it's trash. Like, to the point, by the way, that even the father, who is only introduced once, has a fucking arc in this story. Yeah. Everybody is flushed out, and all I have to say about Skiz is this. Mm-hmm. It has its pride. Oh, shit. <laughs> How about you, Conrad? Best oh, overall thrill. Yeah, Show buddy. me what you got. <laughs> um, all right. So I got runners up. Uh, second runner up, Rogue Trooper, buddy. Um, I feel like Rogue Trooper gets a short shift sometimes when he sort of gets yeah. the the episode by episode tops and bottoms. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was some real fun Rogue Trooper stuff this month, this year, I should say. Um, the end of Fort Nero, one of my favorite Rogue Trooper stories, just ridiculous, like humans going war crazy. Um, I really like the Major Magnum story, just more background for oh, the, yeah. for, you know, um, the GIs and just sort of talking about like the command and military and things. Uh, Venus Blue Jeans is a great story. Oh, uh, dude. G- 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 you know, life-changing art for your buddy Conrad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, all the stuff for the Trader General this year is real good. Um, and yeah, just sort of being fun, keeping things going, having action, and you know, just closing out the comics on a on a on a decent on a no, sorry, on a good note. I love that Rogue Troopers just always always at the end this stalwart that really just sort of carries you into the next week. You know? Oh yeah. Um, next up, uh, first runner up, Dread, buddy. I mean, like you said, um, Dread's always there. I mean, sort of like Rogue Trooper, honestly. Like the two of, mm-hmm. you know, they sort of form the, like, foundation that all the rest of the stories can build around. You know, there's always going to be yeah, exactly. these guys in here, um, doing stuff. Yeah, just the Dread stories, um, Requiem for a Heavyweight, Graveyard Shift, the Starborn Thing, Shantytown, Cry of the Werewolf. Oh yeah, cry the werewolf. You know, no, no epics this year, or no like super epics. Although I, I feel like, uh, to me, graveyard shift is kind of a mini oh, epic, yeah. right? With Strong agree. Just sort of learning about the city and stuff, as is to an extent, cry the werewolf, just being a real ridiculous, like awesome storyline. Um, but yeah, always great, always a great dread year, or or this was one, and yeah, fantastic. And then yeah, man, uh, Skiz is number one. Skiz wins. <laughs> Skiz is the double winner, super ultimate winner. You know, it won all the, it, it won both of our, all of our, um, all of our category ones and the ultimate one. Skiz ultimate winner for this year. Um, you know, I feel like every time I talk about there's something new I want to mention, you know, just sort of how it brings about, how it gives us pictures of England, how it does, you know, how it sort of creates, yeah, shows us this world that I think we don't see in a lot of other 2000 AD comics. Mm. Um, just yeah, how it creates this whole thing, and um, is just really amazing. It just is a real showcase of um, of Alan Moore's writing and Jim Bakey's art. You know, I asked people um, if they had any comments about 1983, and only and like a, a, a couple of people got got back to me. You know, our our, our buddy Eamon did, and and uh, Jules Boyle on Facebook did, and both of them. Just, you know, basically said, like, yeah, Skiz is the one for 1983. It has to be, you know? <laughs> well, I, I, there was also it's this fellow on the forum, Sheridan. Like, he's really excited uh, to hear about ours because I believe this is when he said that he actually started. Yeah, this is a reading like, this around this time. For a lot of people, I feel like this era of like these 300s is a lot of people's, I, I, I think, like, start of 2000 AD. 
I've definitely over the, over the course of this year, as I've posted pictures and stuff on Facebook, I've gotten a, or on, on social media, I've gotten a lot of like, oh man, like this was my first prog, you know, or this is my first, you know, yeah. this is when I first started collecting 2000 AD. And that always feels great. And, you know, I just, I feel really good when, you know, whenever I, someone says that I say, I hope that you, you think we're doing it justice. And so far everyone said yes. And that feels really good of just Aww. be sort of like, you know, doing our best to kind of recreate and, and, uh, bring back these sort of lost these sort of gone by years as we can sort of experience them again you know yeah that's great yeah part of that's and part of that's skiz man because skiz is real good really looking forward to more alan moore stuff um hell yeah real awesome um so let's go on to uh award for best month and this can be either a month of the year or just an episode of our show if you want to sort of go in between months because we started our new format this th- for yeah. 1983. Uh, so mine, absolutely, 100%, goes to uh, episode 104. This is around September. This is uh, Prague's 334 to 337. Uh, of course it does, because yeah. <laughs> uh, here's my bulleted list. Uh, goodbye, Sam Slade. Fatty's rule. Graveyard ship is uh, shift is ho- awesome and horrible. Uh, Nemesis is back. Strontium Dog is back. Uh, more slain, and he goes on a quest for Barbabians. Uh, Venus Blue Jeans <laughs> is hot, and I will never apologize. She was genetically engineered uh, the way that Jessica Rabbit uh, was kind of drawn that way, right? So it's like it's not her fault, and it's not my fault. So don't get mad at me because she's amazingly beautiful. Also, there's a free poster inside, motherfucker. And my final note, uh, gone to space, I owe you one child corpse. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. No, I agree. Yeah, no, same thing. Uh, Episode 104. (laughs) Same That's the best month, dude. (laughs) It's so clearly the best fucking month forever. I mean, it's the, yeah, like you said, man. I mean, I know, I agree with every point. Yeah, the the end of Skiz, um, the... We start getting into the action of Slain, Nemesis, and Strong Team Dog are back, Graveyard Shift, all that stuff. Oh, man. Like, uh, 335, like, especially, like... 335. 334 is good because it's got the end of Slain, which I love. Yep. You know, some of them are stars and it gets me every time. Oh, um, it's so fucking nice. But then, like, 335, 336, 337, those are, like, perfect, perfect progs, you know? They are, they are literally the perfect progs. Like, there's just, there's no, like, all, like it's all, it's all great. It, it, it's all our favorite characters having classic stories. Like, it's not even oh. like, it's not even like, oh, like, you know, yeah, like, it's got all the guys we like, but like this uh, Dread Stories bullshit or something like that. Oh. Like, no, no, they're all good stories for those characters. Um, yeah, we had to choose a, a, a fucking bottom thrill for that that recording, and that was horrible. Yeah, no, it's definitely one of these ones where the bottom one's been real, real difficult, and ooh, it's such a good problem to have, I gotta say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the best kind of problem, really. Yeah, definitely. All right. So now we've done best month. Let's pull back even further, Fox, and do oh. award five best year. What's your favorite year of 2000 AD, Fox? I now mean, we've done feels, six feels of them. Like there's <laughs> Wait, no, seven of them? Jesus Christ. Yeah, seven. I, dude, we've, we've, <laughs> we've gone through. We've gone through a lot of years. It's true. <laughs> um. So, you know, I've been going chronologically, actually, in each one of my right. things. And 
that that train just ain't gonna stop conrad every year i feel like this comic's getting better 1983 bro of course 1983 i mean we've gushed about the entirety of 1983 on this very episode <laughs> like like there's nothing like i can't remember any particular thing that just stood out to me as well that was horrible mm. right like i i completely yeah. enjoyed this year in such a way that like all right so maybe it's not a hundred percent because i'm sure a hundred percent's coming but this feels like 99.999 percent happiness like i needed to recharge my thrill circuits after this year need to take a <laughs> like a bubble bath and and listen to uh some some maybe some uh yanni <laughs> and, and, and then just like and just, you know just have a little bit of time where i'm not getting so destroyed by thrill no way, sucker. We're going to 108, 109 oh. next week. Screw oh. you. Fuck. <laughs> Proc 350, go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> How about um, you, Conrad? I, I feel like I, you know, in a sort of uh, um, Lady Cleopatra uh, phone service psychic, I could kind of guess uh, what's <laughs> what your top year is going to be. Yeah. Well, why, you don't know, you, why don't you tell the audience, though, because they might not actually know. For many, you know, for a couple years, I had 79 as, as being yeah, in, um, in top. I had 79 ahead of 80 and 81. But, uh, for both this year, for both last year and this year, I gotta put them in front too. 83 is better than 82. 82 is better than 79. And 79 is better than everything else that came before that. Um, 83 is oh so good, man. It's, yeah. So my, my ranking is 83, 82, 79, 81, 80, 78, 77. But whatever. 83 is wow. on in front. I love all the stuff this year. Skiz is so, you know, as we said, like Skiz is so great. Uh, the end of Harry 20 is so great. Like Slain showing <laughs> up is awesome. Awesome. Um, the return of Nemesis and Strong Team Dog is good. It's like Rogue and Dread really held it down this year. It's all so good. It's all so good. And there's no, no one lost. And yeah, and there's no like oh, but Mean Arena or like oh, but you know like Meltdown Man really dragged on or like oh, like uh, freaking Death Planet makes me want to die. Um, <laughs> there's nothing like oh, that. God, you know it's just everything's good and it's just all there and it's really amazing yeah just, best year like, i i just like sometimes while i was writing everything down uh for this episode i was just like kind of reflecting like i remember when i used to get excited uh for men flying around playing not basketball with jetpacks like i'm still that excited was, for that, that was so awesome like it's all yeah, fine and, <laughs> and, and like and then I, I look to now and it's like just this year alone has impacted me so much. <laughs> like, I I cannot, I can't, I mean, if you started this year, uh, you know, you're just so lucky. This is such an embarrassment of riches against yeah, the entire portfolio we've seen so far. It's yeah. so good. Absolutely. Limited right. racism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say there's not any. Like, Carlos Robostogi's hanging out, you know? But yeah. whatever. Um, so, we also had a request um, that we... Oh talk about our favorite uh feature shocks and time twisters of the year did you do anything for that fox i i don't have anything it, i it was like i yeah. have all of the issues and i did not have the time that's fine <laughs> i'll i'll say for me my favorite were three alan moore um feature shocks and time twisters Ooh. um the time machine is really great 
where the guy is like, uh, like, like jumped off the bridge, you know, with his life flashing before the, his eyes is a sort of his happy time machine of his, of, of, of oh, remembering his life. Oh, that's right. That's super, fuck, that super, was depressing. Super depressing, but also really good. I, I just read a thing, you know, the art, that, that, that art was done by Jesus Redondo, and he said that he didn't even know that that was an Alan Moore script until years later, which is so, whoa, ridiculous. Um, yeah. But that one's really good. And then the other two big Alan Moore ones, uh, Chrono Cops and The Reversible Man, both just <laughs> the best ones, you know, like whatever. Um, I love Chrono Cops. It's real funny. Great. Uh, Dave Gibbons art. Great use of just a time machine, like with paradoxes and stuff and making every panel really mean something and have multiple like uh, things going on with it at once. And the reversible man's just my favorite future shock. Just this sort of a, another sort of sad, melancholy, normal life that just sort of man. has some science fiction stuff added to it, and thus um, becomes a really touching story. I feel like I got to just start writing each future shock down at this point. It's just like I I treat these things, and because you're right, like these are things that, as you're describing them, I remember, and uh, it's, it's tough just because there's so much schlock. Yeah, there's a lot inside, right? There's like, a lot of rough as well as a, as well as a couple of diamonds when it comes to future shocks, you know. But that's like but that's kind of the thing is like you're right. Like it's this whole there there are truly good future shock time twister stories out there. Yeah. It's just uh, one of those things where it's like, you know, for every um for every one that's really good and really awesome, there's like five that are just sort of there cuz they have two pages they need to fill that week, you which know? which has my complete respect. If you're going to do oh, filler, yeah. at least don't make me read, you know, six pages. Agreed. No, there's still just stuff that has to be done, you know. No. All right. So, Hey guys, Conrad from the future here. Just jumping in to give a shout out to Joe Eady, sorry if I butchered your name, who sent in their Spinny's card after we recorded, mostly due to a, a miscommunication on my part. I'm not going to read the whole email, but Joe has Pat Mills for top writer, Bell Ardinelli for best art, Dread for top thrill, and 1983 for best year. I think those are all great choices. Um, they're definitely ones that showed up in our runners up, of course. So, you know, I think it's all, it's all good when we all talk about thrill power. Um, <laughs> I'm looking forward to what everybody else thinks about our 1983 picks. And hey, if you've got a 1984 thoughts, send them in. I'm, we'd love to hear from you. All right, great. Back to the past. I am going to do the contact information, Fox, but if you normally skip, if you normally end the show after that, you should not, because now we're going to talk about, because then we're going to talk about what's coming up in 1984. So, I hope everybody enjoyed the show. As always, you can find Space Spinner 2000 on iTunes, Titch, the Google Play Store, or on our, or our podcast site at spacespinner2000.com. Feel free to contact us at spacebinner2000 at gmail.com on the 2080 forums or on the Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages. On Twitter at spacespinner2k for everything else. Look at spacespinner2000. We should be there. Okay, Fox. <laughs> Whoa. That's fast. So let's talk about what we've got coming up in 1984. All right. All right. I have no idea. As usual, completely blind to what the fuck's in front of me. <laughs> Super appreciate that that in you, buddy. You're a blank slate that I can write my horrifying thrill tales on. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> your tabula rasa, baby. Yeah. So, okay. So, Dread. We got Dread. All right. Okay. Yeah, I like Dread. Dread's yeah. pretty cool, dude. I mean, Big... not that cool because he's, you know... 
whatever, but also he's, he's awesome. Yeah, he's so. as fine as a fascist super cop can be. Um, so <laughs> big dread stories coming up in 1984. There's Citizen Snork, which is nose based. There's the haunting okay. of Sector House Nine. There's Ooh. Portrait of a Politician, which has an has an, or, an orangutan in it. There's <laughs> the okay. Return of of Mean Machine with Dread Angel Whoa. and. Whoa. We'll end the year with the next big dreg mega epic, City of the Damned. Oh, is this Judge Death? No, it's what? something, it's the return of an even more terrifying villain. You're going to love it. Um, oh. It's got vampires. Anyhow. Um, oh, yeah, vampires. Also returning in 1984 will be DR and Quinch. They'll be coming back for Ooh. a regular comic. Um, really? Yeah. That's great. There's, uh, we'll of course have Rogue Trooper, uh, Slain, Strontium Dog, and then of course your usual Time Twisters, Future Shocks. I always call, um, or in my mind, I've called the a lineup of like uh, Dread, Rogue, Slain, and Strontium Dog as a uh, Rushmore 2000 AD because I feel like those mm-hmm. are the guys that would be on the 2000 AD Mount Rushmore, and we'll have that for probably the first half of the year or so of just Jesus. like those four, and then a fifth thing, basically. <laughs> All right. Any good fifth thing? Or yeah, is that I mean, that's generally relegated. I mean, that's where DR and Quinch goes. That's where okay, Time Twisters cool. and Future Shock goes, etc. Um, all right. Later in the year, and, and sorry, and that's all the stuff that's going to be basically next episode. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. You know, later in the year, we'll get um, returning thrills, including you know, it, Throg the Mighty. Okay. Um, okay. But also, and these one are ones you're going to like. Uh, we'll have the return of Ace Trucking. Yeah. Nemesis the Warlock. Oh yeah. And yeah. the sta- and the stainless steel rat. He's going to run for president. <gasps> That's oh, right. I'm so stoked. We also have three new thrills coming in 1984. Okay. And those thrills are in order of that you should freak out in. One is the Hell Trekkers. Okay. Two is the Amazing Maze Dumar. <laughs> okay. And three is motherfucking Halo Jones. The- you know, everyone keeps saying this name. Yeah. I'm getting pretty, I'm getting pretty amped because everyone's the, uh, like, this is the good one. The long-awaited... Um, a um, premiere of Halo Jones on the podcast. She's one of these characters that, you know, is sort of an iconic, like, we got a, you know, define, uh, 2080 defining character. I'm so excited to get to her, to, to see her first adventures. All right, then. All right. I'm um, stoked. Yeah. In terms of milestones for next year, we aren't going to have a ton. Uh, the big thing is just hitting Prague uh, 350, which we'll do next episode. Um, yeah, there's no like uh show milestones or percentages or anything like that. Um but the big so but here's the big thing. So let's talk programming notes. Like this show for 1984 Fox. Okay. So first thing is we're going to keep to doing mostly four progs per episode. I think that worked really well this for 1983. Um and I think we're also going to keep, yeah, and we're definitely going to have guest stars for the annuals and specials. And I'll mention that, hey, if you want to be, if you want to do one, if you want to guest host on one of those, um, 1984 is booked, but I got plenty of spots from 1985 onward, wow. basically for 85, 86, 87, 88, those four years. Um, if you want to do it, like, let me know. I'll put you in. Like, I'm ready to go. Um, why not? Yeah. Also, starting next week, we're going to bring back 2080 Collections, which I really Ooh, liked. Yeah. Yeah, those are great. 
Yeah, so we're gonna, yeah, we're going to get back on those. I'm going to try to have something out basically every Thursday for the rest of this, for the next 12 weeks or so. Um, Good that Lord. should be collections of stuff just from, you know, a mix of stuff from the 70s and 80s. Um, basically, at this point, my goal is that if there's a collection available for it, unlike the 2080 web store, you will be able to find a Space Spinner collection for it as well. Tune in next week as it's a new year and we've all got almost completely new storylines and all of our thrills. Um, Par excellence. Yeah, we'll do. Uh, I'll also put out a put out a new listener episode just to you know if you want to get started, it's a good place to start just to sort of be like you know get reca- like recaps of 2000 AD up until this point, the terminology we use, and then probably also uh, some semi in depth recaps of who the uh, different characters are and what they're up to. Um, so sh- sh- should be good jumping on place mm-hmm. both for our both for th- this show in general and specifically for these thrills. Um, and it's gonna be good. Yeah, Dread will get hit by pies and then go on vacation. Slain, Man. Slain fights the Shaggy Beast. Rogue gets involved in covert action with a K. Uh, Strontium oh. Dog returns for the killing. And Woo! DR and, and DR and Quinch go straight. <laughs> I'm into it. Wait, yeah. go straight. Yeah, well, well, you'll see. Um, until then, <laughs> I'm Conrad. He's Fox. And we are Space Better 2000. One, One, two, three. three.